Hello everybody, welcome back. It's nice to have you join us again. This is your host, Sarah Bellum, with Brain Pops, your podcast about the brain, neuroscience, neurobiology, and psychology. Basically any and all things related to the brain. Brain Pops is not here to diagnose or treat any ailments or diseases, nor are we here to diagnose or treat any mental illnesses or mental disorders. We are here to share with you information about the brain. And I personally want to thank you for joining us again. Uh, It's been since last November, since our very first flagship episode. Uh, There's a lot that has been going on, and so I'm trying to get back on track. This episode was supposed to be regarding brain development from conception all the way through adulthood, but we're going to take a a side path, and I want to talk a little bit about Uh, psychological disintegration and um, spiritual bypassing because it's something that has hit close to home. As you all know, this is my, uh, this is my baby. This is very personal to me. Uh, Brain Pops is not just a podcast, it's a personal journey. And I would really appreciate it if you would stick to the end of this episode and maybe you can find some things that you didn't know. Maybe I can, um, you know, raise some some flags that you might not have seen before. But again, this is a very personal episode, and I want to tell you thank you for joining us. See you in a moment. All right, uh, I just want to leave a trigger warning on this because there's going to be some pretty heavy subjects in here. I'm not going to go into detail because they're really just disgusting, evil things that had happened. I don't want to trigger anybody on it. Uh, so, again, I'm going to leave a trigger warning. Uh, and because it's so heavy, uh, I'm not going to... This is not a scripted show. Uh, this is not a scripted podcast. The other ones will be... I like to write down what I, I've researched and, and read it off to you. Uh, but this one is closer to the heart than it is, you know, anything else. Yes, it's regarding the brain, psychology, but this is a lot to do with the heart. Uh, and so I- I'm just going to, you know, explain some stuff um, when you're healing. It's very important to sit down and really take a look at yourself and I do that a lot sometimes there are vast amount of time between realization to realization but um, I find that the most important spiritual growth for me doesn't really happen when I'm calm it doesn't happen when I'm happy Uh, And it doesn't really happen whenever I'm meditating. Uh, It ends up happening when I'm in the midst of conflict, which I am right now. When I'm angry. When I'm hurt. Frustrated. You know, sometimes when I'm scared. Sometimes it, it happens whenever I'm near the edge of giving up. You know, and things are chaos inside. And I realize that a lot of the spiritual growth happens when I'm doing the same old thing repeatedly and I know something's got to give and that's when I suddenly realize you know either by my close ones shaking me or by self-reflection that no I have a choice to do everything differently I have a choice to to do it all differently because I'm human and and that's how I grow that's how everybody grows and it's painful and it sucks but it's really needed Uh, and I've always I've always been transparent about any of my shortcomings and my failures and it's not been some sort of um, performative vulnerability Uh, it's a way to to try setting an example on how to destigmatize the whole lifelong process of learning and growing and uh, you know ultimately healing 
and there's too many people out there in the world today that that they might see um, exposing themselves in this manner uh, to be transparent about their shortcomings or their failures. They might see that as humiliating or embarrassing, but it's not. It's part of being human, and if you try to deny your your shortcomings, then you're denying a part of yourself that allows you to learn, to grow, and your failures. There's not one person in the world today who hasn't failed so they can succeed. Uh, And you know, pardon my language, but getting your shit together, it really does require a whole level of honesty that you couldn't even imagine. And there's really nothing easy at all when I take a look in the mirror and I realize that I'm the one nobody else but I'm the one who's holding myself down and it might even be in the midst of where others just really aren't being supportive or or when they might be causing me constant harm as well I'm the one who's doing it and there's nothing easy about looking at yourself and going dang you're screwing up but even in this process even whenever you sit down you take a look at yourself you know I do this all the time you have to take complete ownership of your failures and that's what I'm doing right now I own my failures I refuse to take responsibilities you know for what others are trying to put on to me like lies or or whatever bs they're trying to throw out there but i do know what i i do know where i've harmed people and do know where i've hurt the ones that i love um and sometimes sometimes we're like a, a butterfly sometimes we don't see our own wings we don't see our own beauty we don't see our own uh wonderful attributes but it, that's the same for our failures that's the same for our harmful behavior sometimes we just don't see it because you know like you can punch somebody you're not going to feel their pain and yet maybe you see their reaction maybe you see the physical uh nature of it um but you're not going to feel their pain and even if you are somebody like I am where I I try to empathize with people a lot I'm not perfect I'm not going to be able to see everything I'm not going to be able to you know sometimes I'll be in denial about my own shortcomings and this is where I have to get real you know Uh, but going back to holding the bag for somebody else you know I'm I'm just not going to be doing that and the reason why I'm not going to be doing that is because it's not my responsibility it's nobody's responsibility whatsoever uh, to, to hold the bag for somebody else and, and take on responsibility for the lies that they're telling or, or the shame that they're trying to place on you. It's just not our responsibility. Um, but there's a lot of the time human nature, um, these same people who try to put shame on you and try to insult you and try to do all these things and try to you know burden you even more when you're trying to heal yourself, when you're trying to work on yourself, you know, they do this. They try to step on them um, because even if they're already willing to work on themselves and they're already willing to, to heal themselves, they don't want the comeuppance. They don't want to see it. They want to keep them down because they get some sort of, I don't know, sick sense of justice from it or or you know satisfaction from it and you can't focus on that Uh, you focus on you and you focus on your healing and that in of itself you know that's where a lot of self-love and healthy boundaries become an essential part of your healing process that's that's something you cannot forego you cannot let those things get in the way um of your healing you have to say all right this is about me and there's some dirty things about me and I have to to clean underneath the rug so to speak because there's a lot of stuff under there and um, you just have to be honest with yourself you know you have to know yourself you have to know your bullshit you do have to know your place 
and that's not in a derogatory manner that's that's in the most positive manner you have to know who you are and where you stand but just don't hold the bag for somebody else and I know personally I've got a lot of work to do on myself I'm human and I know that none of it will end until I die it's got to be done you know uh, so so on that note let's dive in together and I want to open up a door to to a bit of deeper thought and speak on some really messy things um, as I said before this is going to be a personal episode brain pops is very much part of my journey through healing uh, it's a roadmap to the brain some of the speed bumps some of the hang-ups some of the pathways you know and I just really want to take this journey together with you and I've always appreciated great company so thank you for taking this journey with me um, so let's let's do this we'll be right back all right um, I guess the first thing I want to say is last year was really difficult for me I started off and stopped in so many areas of my life that it was I was trying to remove my mind from all the traumatic things that were happening to me and then certain things happened and I was further frustrated it, it was just the straw that broke the camel's back and I was trying to be silent because I knew that my mind really needed silence to heal uh, but everybody knows that silence isn't always silent especially whenever your mind turns chaotic on you and you know if you are silent truly silent it's about reconnecting with source whether you call it God or whatever you call it you know um, everybody they they rely on the top layer of their mind and this is referred to as the active mind it's it's constantly thinking constantly feeling um, but sometimes one of these feelings get fixated on anxiety or alarm dread uncertainty the active mind can't pull itself out of its own spiral and that's what was really happening to me and the mental activity itself becomes useless to heal um, it's just like a runaway car that can't find its own brakes and at this point what's really needed is a reset it's not just mental you know your thoughts are received by every cell in your body and in turn all kinds of processes are affected you know the the immune response um, you have hormonal cycles that are affected your sleep cycles overall mind and body balance or homeostasis uh, if your active mind becomes confused and chaotic balance is truly disrupted and this is where you might get confused and you might ask yourself well what exactly do I do you know um, well seeing as how a long time ago centuries ago there's in each and every culture there's a deeper level of mind which was discovered um, It, whenever you find this this level of mind this silent this calm undisturbed uh, type of mind as they described it it was religious you know the Old Testament injunction be still and know that I am God if you replace God with your source it becomes a little bit easier to intake be still know that I'm your source it's the most direct result of heeding this message um, if you were to meditate because meditation gives a direct access to the silent mind and that's what I was trying to access um, there's too much chaos too much I guess you would say life going on 
and in that you know a lot of people think that meditation immediately just helps out some people use it as a psychological band-aid whenever it's needed and that's that's where a lot of people miss the point um because they they're not accessing that part of themselves that is really truly able to heal and so you know okay so in medical school homeostasis is described as basically physical you know if you go for a run your heart rate respiration blood flow to muscles digestive process everything they're all thrown out of balance and then once you stop running homeostasis is restored that that balance is restored and you know at the the negative end of your experience if you experience great shock you know the the fight or flight response throws you into this extreme imbalance you know but whenever it ends that balance is restored but you know sometimes that balance it you know that shock doesn't end that balance doesn't return and whenever that happens the usual stress response is is supposed to be it's designed to last for only a few minutes you know but whenever it's extended to days and weeks it really turns on itself and it begins to create damage when that damage first appears psychologically if you're under constant stress like i was you know you get tired you get grumpy you get depressed you know anxious irritable impatient it, there's so many things that happen whenever this response just doesn't turn off and it turns on you you know whenever the pressure is up there's further stages yeah <laughs> further stages it it just keeps getting better fatigue lethargy dullness depression you know and whenever the stress doesn't abate there's physical symptoms which start to develop you have insomnia as a result of your hormonal interactions being thrown out of whack but you know the bottom line there is a holistic reset that is needed and you know i think that's why the covid-19 virus going around also has a good side because we all can sit down and just take that reset this is what we've need needed to sit down and look at ourselves and this was something certainly i needed um you know the command center for for resetting ourselves it isn't found in ourselves it's not even found in our brain cells it's not in the active mind because that's the top layer that's skimming the top the command center for holistically resetting ourselves is at the source it's at the root So if you just be still, know that I am your source. Then you'll find that healing. And everything comes back to the same source. You'll come closest to it, you know, in in your deepest dreamless sleep. It it's essential. that's why i really sat down and took a lot of time in silence i couldn't i couldn't work when there's chaos going on i couldn't work when there's drama going on i couldn't heal in any of that there's a lot of choices that arise from silence they 
they come from the same source, but they, they travel in opposite directions, you know, whether it's comfort or stress, security and security, suffering or bliss, uh, you know, separation or unity, fear or love, any of those, awareness or unconsciousness, all of those, they, they come from the same source, but they, they travel in opposite directions. Right now, I'm working myself to untangle myself from the web that's that's I've been caught in, you know. And there's a lot of suffering in that. A lot of suffering because I was focused on the past. I was being triggered by the present. And I was suffering through that. I just couldn't find my balance and, and I was really trying to. Um, and whenever I was going through this crisis, it, it just threw me into deeper confusion. You know, I was getting more entangled um, because I was listening to this and that and the other. And I was just, there was too much negativity around me as it was and too many frustrations and too many bad things happening that I just couldn't find my balance, you know. And that's why whenever I talk about silence, it's healing for me when I find true silence, you know. Um, and that way I can go down the right path, you know. Uh, I want to be able to see clearly. And whenever I let that go, whenever instead of just fighting to get to that point, whenever I finally just sat down and looked at myself and I was able to find that peace inside, I was able to see clearly. And it wasn't this person, it wasn't that person, it wasn't the other person, it wasn't what they said, it's not the lies they told, it wasn't, you know, the BS that they're trying to stir, it wasn't any of that. It was literally the problem that was going on inside of me. And I wanted to sit still, and I said, okay, let's just see what happens, you know? And I started asking myself questions whenever things got really quiet. And so because of that, the beautiful thing about silence is that when you ask your mind something, when you decide that you're going to, when you decide that you're going to really just give it rest, you ask yourself something. A lot of people, and I know you've experienced this before, where a lot of people will say hey do you remember this or what's the name of that song and you're like i don't know it's on the tip of my tongue but i can't tell you right now days later you end up coming to the conclusion yeah it was this or you know you come up with the answer that's the wonderful thing about the mind it finds the answer your subconscious will dig and dig and dig until it finds the answer and that's exactly what has happened to me uh and i'm very appreciative of it I'm appreciative of the fact that also, uh, and this sounds weird, the negative. A lot of people are like, no, keep the negative away from me. I was also like that for a very long time. Keep it away from me. Keep it away from me. Uh, and they don't realize that there's also negative inside of them that they're also running away from. That was me as well. The negative can bring you back to source. It can take you back to your point of balance. That's exactly what had happened to me. So for anybody who's going to listen to this, anybody who had an active role in negatively bringing me accusations or attacks or, or whatever it might be labeled as, I want to say thank you. And the reason why I want to say thank you is because you actually led me down to a path where I found myself. And when I say I found myself, you led me to a point where I was able to really look at myself and see the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
and that's helped me to be able to take the step to work on it. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to harm anyone, but that's been done. And I have to face it. And for anybody that I've harmed, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to harm anybody. But now that I know where it's kind of like a it's kind of like a weapon if you get a gun if you don't know how to use it you can hurt yourself and you can hurt others if you know how to use it you know how to protect yourself and others uh, so I'm just gonna leave it right there I'm gonna go into other subjects and I appreciate you sitting with me through this. This is a very emotional part for me. And I apologize if it gets a little bit long. Thank you. A wonderful quote out of a book called The Red Book. It's by Carl Jung. He said, be silent and listen. Do you recognize your madness and do you admit it? Have you noticed that all your foundations are completely mired in madness? Do you not want to recognize your madness and welcome it in a friendly manner? You wanted to accept everything, so accept madness too. Let the light of your madness shine and it will suddenly dawn on you. Madness is not to be despised and not to be feared, but instead you should give it life you want to find paths, you should also not spurn madness, since it makes up such a great part of your nature. Be glad that you can recognize it, for you will thus avoid becoming its victim. Madness is a special form of the spirit, and clings to all teachings and philosophies, but even more to daily life, since life itself is full of craziness, and at the bottom utterly illogical. Man strives towards reason only so that he can make rules for himself. Life itself has no rules. This is its mystery and its unknown law. What you call knowledge is an attempt to impose something comprehensible on life. This is called Jung as he spoke about the shadow self. This is something that I will dive into in just a few. So, I guess it was last year. I kind of lose the time whenever I'm in my crisis. Uh, you know, during the silence I was speaking about before, it kind of brought me back to source. I was thinking in my chaotic state and, you know, the top level of my active brain. I was thinking about an interview that a very dear person to me was supposed to be doing on me. And I was going to speak out about my past. I've had, a, to say it lightly, I've had a very abusive past. And um, it didn't just end there. It carried on throughout a relationship where I had children with the guy. And, um, so anyway, this dear, precious soul was supposed to do an interview with me, and he's an amazing person as it is. There's probably nobody in this world that doesn't love and respect him, uh, even if they say that they hate him or, or whatever, um, chances are they're probably just very jealous, and they don't realize it. Um, and, and also, you know, they're, they're probably angry because it's something to do with themselves and not with him. It, this, this man is literally like, he's, he's just an amazing person and he has this way with words. He can speak with anybody and he's just a generous soul. His interviews are so succinct. They're, they're wonderful. 
And so he was going to do an interview with me. And I was terrified because I've never told anybody about the depth of abuse that I've gone through. I've never really spoken about the negatives. I've never, you know, it's just been, yeah, hey, I've been abused. It's been a horrible past. You know, it's, um, I think I downplay it a lot just so I won't feel bad. And he tried to get me to open up. And I, I'm sure he knew that I wasn't opening up the way I wanted to open up. And, the you know, there was a lot of pain there. There was a lot of fear. There's, you know, uh, it stems all the way back to my abuse. It was oppressive conditioning. Uh, and he told me just try to open up and try to relax. And I was really trying. I trust him with my life. But it just was not happening. And I couldn't figure out why. It felt like somebody had put a spell on me and blocked me from talking and from opening up. And, you know, I, I even questioned myself at the time he was giving me the interview without letting him know, you know, why? What? What's stopping you from talking, you know? Um, but if you're, if you're the victim of abuse you'll know that abusers actively try to silence you um, either through threats or diminishing whatever you've gone through your experience as a whole sometimes they just totally deny that it even happened and they convince you that nobody's going to listen to you that nobody's going to believe you and anybody who really hasn't ever suffered at the hands of abusers um, they truly do not know the level of torture and madness that goes on within an abusive relationship, whether it be a familial, you know, uh, intimate partner or a friendship. And they end up saying some of the most hurtful, the most damaging things um, in regards to, to your abuse, to your trauma. And abusers will take their ignorance and they'll take that opportunity to completely place doubt on you and you know sometimes just completely deny it they'll they'll manipulate their words and and the situation to a point where they'll make others believe yeah it never happened um and they'll completely deny that anything happened to you and the the people who are pretty much they employ uh, to also help them place that doubt onto your experience. They're none the wiser. They really don't know the evilness of these manipulators, these abusers. It can get extremely evil. It can get dark. I mean, it's madness. Um, and then you're fighting that. You, you feel rage because of that. And... That's exactly what was boiling up inside of me. But I couldn't tell him as he was interviewing me. Um, but I, I was feeling so much anger, so much frustration, so much rage. Because I kept hearing these things that had been told to me before, you know. Uh, that, you know, it, nobody's going to believe you and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, just, I'm not even going to go into that. But I just really tried to open up and I couldn't and I, I was thinking about that and it, it kind of led to an epiphany of sorts silence is a big thing for me so I can heal and due to my past my abuse the molestation the, the rape the, the torture it was absolute torture my father started whenever I was four years old. He did physical things to me. He did emotional things to me. He did mental things to me, like psychological. It, it was torture. It was literal torture. And if you know anything about psychological development, at the age of four or five, that's, that's whenever a child will begin to develop their core sense of self. That's when they realize they're either good or bad, 
lovable or unlovable. And that's such a weird point where he decided to start his abuse on me. And it really made me do quite a few things whenever I was younger. The first thing was I would cling to people that weren't giving me love because I needed that. They were my parents. They did not offer me what I needed. And for, you know, a child, that's, that's, that's for survival. That is an essential part of your survival as a child, to be bonded with your parent. And I didn't get that. I was being taught that I was worthless. I was being taught that I was... Um, that I was unlovable each step of the way. And this carried all the way through, you know, all the way until I left home. And then it continued <laughs> because it often does when you are taught these things, you continue that abuse when you get into a relationship if you're not healed because you're looking for people that have, it's, it's kind of, how do you say it? It's the evil you know. And so you continue that abuse through somebody else. You allow them to pick up where the other abuser has left off. And I'm not saying that the abuse is your fault. I'm not saying the abuse is my fault. But the reality of it is that abusers abuse because that's what they do. It's a choice. It's not, it's not a result of being harmed. It's not, you know, anything like that. They have chosen to uh, do what they do and they know what they're doing wrong and they choose to do it. Uh, so unfortunately, because of this clinginess, because of this, I need love because of, you know, the basic human need for uh, nurturing for all of that, for survival, uh, I clung to somebody who was not giving it to me. And in the process, I was told, number one, you are to be seen and not heard. Number two, I was being taught that my emotions didn't matter. Number three, any type of emotions that I was displaying, I had to show positive. I had to show, you know, um, you know, little Miss Sunshine. I had to be little Miss Sunshine all the time. And I was deep down in my core because that's who I was. But whenever you abuse somebody, what comes out? The negative. That's something that is natural. So what happened to me was I started denying those emotions, the negative emotions. And people would always say, you know, others have it worse. And this is what's going on with them. And of course, you start to compare and then you start to feel bad because you felt bad. And then you start to, you know, push your own feelings aside. And if you're part of a religious family, my family was very religious. Uh, I got told that bad things happen to bad people and good things happen to good people. And if God sees that you're doing something bad, you're going to be uh, punished for it. And that's, there was no distinction between abuse being bad and something bad happening to me so psychologically humans as it is they have a certain understanding of justice via religion or you know even atheists believe this as well if something bad happens to you you must have done something if good happens to you you must be a good person somewhere in our psyche that's been built up and so whenever an abuse victim speaks out and they say this has happened to me then anybody will question well what'd you do what did you do to deserve that and it's it's to balance out what we understand about justice it doesn't it's not always right but that's the way our minds work we try to balance it out and so in this silencing, this is an oppressive conditioning where they silence you and, you know, they harm you further to keep you silent. 
And that's what had happened to me. I was pushing down all this negative, not negativity, all this, um, all this harm, all these hurt feelings. And I really just kept it inside. Now, this is where things get interesting. Whenever I sat down in my silence, there was chaos for a while. But then the epiphany came to me whenever I was extremely quiet and I looked at myself and I realized, you know what? I've been spiritual bypassing. I've been doing spiritually bypassing this whole time. And you might ask what that is, you know. Um, so basically what that is, is it's a concept where people use spiritual principles or ideas to avoid dealing with any unresolved emotional traumas or, or their negative feelings. So instead, they end up sidestepping any type of internal work through following and espousing more positive feelings or concepts. And, you know, sometimes whenever this happens, the unfortunately, the, the negative feelings might leak out sideways and surprise them or, or anybody around them at the sheer intensity. And this is where, like um, in my instance, I know that the brighter the sunshine, the darker the shadow. And so when I was literally keeping all these things inside, they would seep out. They would, and these, these negative emotions, this is where I believe terrorizing others comes into play. Uh, and this is where I didn't really see it. And that's the unfortunate part is that I really didn't see it. And I really wish to God that I did. But you can't wish and hope that away. It happened and it's done. And, you know, um, just to bring this down just a, a, a little bit, you know, to where you can understand spiritual bypassing is also connected with other concepts such as psychological disintegration, the shadow self, projection onto others. And if it's not healed, we we can. And we often do project our negativity, our toxicity onto others. And, and sometimes we use our intimate partners or friends in an effort to build psychological scaffolding to fill in where we're unable to own up to these negative feelings. You know, you're supposed to be seen and not heard. That's, that's the, that's where mine stem from. And you might ask, well, what exactly is psychological disintegration? Essentially, when we consciously or unconsciously disown certain aspects of ourself it's it's usually the parts that we find the hardest the most painful to acknowledge and it's it's the hardest to to own up to so that's psychological disintegration and you know whenever we don't own up to it we become psychologically unwhole and then those disavowed aspects then comprise what Carl Jung would call the shadow the shadow self and the shadow self is the entirety of our unconscious that we're not fully aware of and it holds the behaviors our memories and ways of being that that we don't identify with and those are things that we judge largely as negative Carl Jung used to say everyone carries a shadow and the less it is embodied in the individual's conscious life, the blacker and denser it is. So in other words, what we resist persists. This is problematic. And what this means is like whenever we disallow, we disavow certain aspects within us, you know, we also 
may disallow it in others through the form of projection. And projection on a micro level might mean verbally shaming or blaming a family member, a friend, or anybody else who displays any type of irresponsible behavior. You know, possibly because we don't allow it. And we haven't accepted that erratic or irresponsible part in ourselves. And those things which we can't own within ourselves can potentially, you know, impair our relationships, such as mine. Right now, there's things that are going on right now that have harmed a lot of my relationships. And this also leads to continued psychological disintegration. And I'm working on that. And you might ask, you know, well, how's that show up? How does how does psychological disownment or spiritual by- bypassing show up? Well, there's a number of ways, you know, anger avoidance. Like, I, I do that a lot. I don't like being angry. It just makes me feel sick inside. Um, devaluation of feelings uh, versus a, a lotting of, of spiritual principles, you know. Um, sometimes we we kind of say, yeah, it's it's not that bad. And then we pop in some kind of Bible verse or, or some, um, you know, inspirational saying just to, you know, kind of get away from the negativity. And sometimes if it gets real bad, there's emotional numbing. There's repression. repression. There's, um, you know, sometimes it, it hurts so bad that we don't want to feel it anymore. And that's where we... That's where that pops up. That's where we decide that we're going to run from something that we should actually be addressing. Uh, and sometimes we just overemphasize the positive and we end up judging others for feeling those negative feelings. And, you know, that's a lot to take in. It really is. It's a lot to take in. And, and you might ask yourself, well, what's the bottom line? Bottom line is that spiritual bypassing, it's a psychological defense mechanism. And sometimes it, it might even seem more preferable or more tolerable than a defense mechanism of, say, alcoholism or, or binge eating or, or deflecting, but it's still a defense mechanism. And it keeps us from feeling the full range of our experience and you know, it keeps us from moving towards psychological integration, towards psychological wholeness. And the reality is that we all most likely spiritually bypass or avoid or disavow or project onto others parts that we don't like in ourselves some of the times. You know, sometimes we can own up to it, but, you know, I have a shadow side, okay? I have parts of myself that I'm still very much trying to integrate and to own. And I've projected. I still project, and I'm still working on it. You know, none of us are perfect. And that's not where we're aiming for anyway. You know, we're aiming for progress, not perfection. And we need to move slowly and steady towards increased psychological wholeness not perfection but wholeness we need more embodiment and if you're like me and you find yourself spiritually bypassing projecting disavowing trust and believe you're not alone and i just want to say this i think honestly that we all need to to retrain ourselves to understand our emotions. There's there's some really, really great feeling emotions. And there's some not so great feeling emotions. And the reality is, is that we don't really ever go through life without feeling some pretty strong emotions. 
And you cannot just throw out the door anger, greed, jealousy, pain, anxiety, grief. Those are things that is carton, you know, it's part of us. This is this is something that we've got to deal with. But emotions really do bring an awareness to our experience. They contain a lot of really valuable information for each of us. And they're indicators. But if we learn to feel and, and appropriately express and really tolerate the full spectrum of our emotion, you know, within each of us that, that exists, you know, we move towards our psychological wholeness. And this is why I started taking a hard, long look at myself. You know, patterns are huge to me. I've got my own. Everybody has theirs. So, as it's true with any process of change, it's important for me to, you know, really be aware of my own patterning around everything that I'm doing. In in this case, it's spiritual bypassing and Ideally, I want to bring myself closer and closer to the moment that I actually catch myself doing it. And, you know, I become really curious about how and why I might be doing it. And I ask myself, you know, why does this feel so hard to acknowledge that there's this quote-unquote negative feeling, you know, whether it be anger, rage, whatever it is that's inside of me. And where... And when did I learn these feelings? Where did I learn that this way of being is not okay? And personally, you know, I know that mine stems from my childhood. I know that now I repressed my feelings. I I was bottling up everything and, you know, I was being told you are to be seen and not to be heard. And I know that's the reason why mine happened, you know? And so in... In doing this, I've decided to allow myself to to feel any of those emotions that I was denied in the past. And I'm owning those parts. I know probably out of everybody that I know that I can be the most honest about it. And there are some pretty ugly things that are lying deep within my soul due to the fact that I've suffered at the hands of evil. And I have a lot of rage because of that. There's a lot of pain that still lies within me because of that. And I'm not going to tell you what happened to me because it doesn't matter In the very end, the only thing that matters to me, it used to be, I need to be validated. I need somebody to hear me. I need somebody to know what happened to me to where I can say I am now validated. But the truth of the matter is this. It happened. That's validation enough for me now. So in feeling those things... I feel a lot freer knowing that that's the root of this issue that I've been facing lately. And whenever I say appropriately embody these negative things, I'm really not talking about, you know, and advocating for acting out and allowing destructive behavior. That kind of behavior really is not okay, period. But it's, it's so much different than acknowledging and appropriately allowing these feelings inside of us to exist. Which we might label as destructive because somebody told us it was destructive or it was negative. And allowing the, the feeling to exist versus acting on it, there's a huge difference. And so... I just want to say this. My process of healing is ongoing just like everybody's. You're not going to meet anybody in this life who doesn't need some sort of healing. 
where I found my freedom was in the last, I guess it was about two weeks from a lot of pain. There is, there is a quote I read that said something about if you're feeling despair and you're feeling anger and hurt, you're living in the past. You have too much past. And in my silence, I realized I did have too much past. I have too much past, too much pain. I kept searching for validation for that. And I didn't stop and think, well, what I really need is to be me. And to feel those emotions in full force without harming anybody. Unfortunately, I didn't. I held them back. I kept them inside. I was Miss Smiley. I was Miss Sunshine. And whenever things got heavy and things got too much and they were overwhelming for me, then I would take them out on the people I loved. And I was blind to it. But I'm not blind to it anymore. And I'm not going to point a finger because when if you point a finger, there's one finger pointing out and there's three fingers pointing back at yourself. And that means that the problem that I need to take care of is myself. And one of the biggest things that a close friend of mine says all the time now is the best apology is change behavior. And that's true. So instead of pointing the finger, instead of blaming people, instead of going around and yapping and chatting all this kind of stuff, I choose to point the finger at myself, look at myself in the mirror, and work on myself. Because spiritually bypassing is harmful. And I don't want to harm anybody. That's never been anything I enjoyed doing. And in the end, all it did was harm me. So from here on out, I'm going to work on me. And I love my loved ones, and right now I can't, I can't fix what's been done. I can't undo what's been done but I can try to fix me. And that gives me a level of freedom that I've never had in my life before. And one of them that I appreciate the most is being able to feel everything that I've ever felt and know that it's okay and that it's not dysfunctional, that it's not destructive. If you feel it, you feel it. You have to feel it to heal it. That's exactly what it is, is that you have to feel it to heal it. And that's why I'm going to work on me. And I hope that maybe listening to this podcast that you've also taken a long, hard look at yourself. It's difficult. It really is. And sometimes people don't want to do it. Sometimes people don't really want to do that inner work. They want to keep pointing the finger and blaming and saying, it's them, it's them, it's them, it's them. Well, let me just say this. In a relationship, whether it be friends or family member, intimate relationship, um, there's the two sides. I'm not going to see from your side. You're probably never going to see from my side. But we can always try to improve. And that's the best part about it is that we can improve. So going forward. I can heal myself. I can't heal my relationships. Because as much as I try. As As much as I want to, as much as I want to work towards that healing of the relationship, it can't be lopsided. It can't be one-sided. 
but I can work on it to where I'm not going to damage it any further. And that's my promise going here on out. So, in closing, please remember that if you have holes within your own psychological makeup, that you can fix it. That all these Bible verses or inspirational sayings, all these encouraging things, don't use them as band-aids. Meditation is not a band-aid. It's not a temporary band-aid. Meditation to find absolute silence is a tool for healing. Communication is a tool to, to heal as well, but it also can be a weapon. I don't want any more weapons. And I hope from now on out that you realize just because you see an inspirational quote or somebody comes to you and tries to give you some Bible verse um, so you'll forget your past trauma, don't, don't allow them to do that. Don't allow them to silence you. It's your right to speak out. It's your right to tell your story. It's your right to say what you need to say in regards to if the if the abuser did not want you to speak negatively about them, they should have treated you better. No Bible, no Bible verse, no inspirational saying is going to be a band-aid and it has no right to say, no, you need to be quiet and you should be this way and you should be positive. Well, you can be positive after you're healed. You can be positive knowing that you're moving forward. You can be positive throughout the entire situation of healing, but you do not have to fake your positivity. You don't have to push down those negative feelings because trust and believe, so much negativity, so much negativity, so much negativity... It's going to pop up like a jack-in-a-box. It's going to scare the hell out of everybody. And we don't want that. So be yourself. It's easier to be yourself than anybody else. If you feel something, it's okay to feel something. I used to say that all the time. But I was still squelching my own emotions. Really do it. Feel it. Feel it. Know that it's okay. Identify what's coming up around it. You know, ask yourself, why do I feel this way? What's going to happen? What's going to happen if I do feel this way? Trust me, it's a, it's, it's a messy process. Healing is never easy. It's never linear. You're going to go around and around and around and around in a spiral. And you're going to keep on seeing the same issue pop up again and again from different perspectives. And that way you can get a full embodiment of what it is. That way you can take care of it within your own psyche and you become psychologically whole. It can be done. If you need help, there are thousands of therapists out there willing to help. And if you feel like you have an issue and you don't know how to speak it out, just tell them. Sit down with them. Talk with them. I'm sure they've seen it before. The whole idea is not perfection. It's progress. So until next time. I want you each to take very good care of yourselves. Don't drive yourself mad with the spinning of your own wheels. Find that peace. Find silence. 
You don't have to ponder on anything. Just try to find silence. And in that silence, you'll find healing. Warm regards, Sarah Bellum. <laughs>